0: I don't think y'all... Oh, hello. Sorry, Arch. Can we not testify? Man, God has been good to us. He has taught us so many truths this morning. I hope you've been listening. I hope somebody can testify. I was trying to look at your faces to see if you had testifying faces. But, um, all right, now I'm contractually obligated to preach for at least 30 minutes uh, so, I know what time it is, um, but God, just be gracious to us. We want to continue with the theme, fear of the, living in fear of the Lord. Uh, but let me ask you, have you ever had a clueless moment? Andrew, let me show you a picture uh, of a clueless moment. Alright, uh, so, the bride is Christy, my wife. That's her brother, Steve. That's my stepbrother, Pat. That's my dad with the silver hair and the big camcorder, and then I think I'm in the back. This is at the reception of our wedding, and I don't know if you can see it, but underneath the camcorder, it caught in the crook of my dad's arm, is a clear solo cup. Yeah. Okay, now, my stepbrother, Pat, put it there, which what you don't know, realize is that, or no, is he has a Ph.D., um, but also a master's in immaturity, you know, and so my dad uh, was very much a proud man. He loved, I tell you what, if I did one thing right in life, it was Mary Christie. From the first time he met her, he just, that's right, thank you. So, well, let me too, love the Lord, you know, give my life to the Lord, but then love my wife, and he was so proud of that time, and that camcorder, he loved it, you know, Uh, and so Pat stuck that cup there, and I bet you dad walked around for an hour, and he never knew that that cup was there, and none of us ever told him about it until finally he saw one of the pictures, and he wasn't too happy about it, and it wasn't to make fun of my dad. My dad was my best man at my wedding, but it was just, it was just funny, and he had no clue it was there. And he was just so proud filming everything, and that cup was just there. Have you ever had a clueless moment you know, obviously, you know, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree because I've had a clueless moment, which is this picture here. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what's going on with that face. You know, of course, this was probably two or three days into the mission trip, so when you travel, you know what all might be happening, you know. So, but, and you can notice those in the back. Uh, it's Cody Dawson and Austin Palmer and Josh, I don't know where he's looking, he's somewhere else. Riley, and looking next to Riley, little Garrett Poole who's graduating this year. But uh, I just always wanted a group picture, and I didn't realize Lori Dawson took this picture, and she, she sends it to me all the time. And what I I didn't realize was I was trying to get them together to take the picture, and I was walking, and I was must have been frustrated or not clued in or I don't know what but I didn't realize she was taking the picture it's just I was completely clueless and we've all had clueless moments have we not and truthfully most of them hopefully are harmless right but there are times when we can be clueless and they have devastating effects when we're spiritually clueless you know you think about the Israelites in the wilderness God had done an incredible thing we sang about it God parted the sea for them. They walked on dry land. And then, not too long after that, Moses is up on the mountain. He's getting the word of the Lord from God. And what are they doing? Build us an an idol so that we can worship them. A golden calf and say that this is the God that delivered us from Israel. Well, what happened that day? Many of them lost their lives, right? Over 3,000, you know, lost their lives. Uh, What about Haman? When he thought he was disrespected for Mordecai and literally, literally the gallows that he created became his instrument of death. What about James and John, sons of thunder, wanting to be at the right hand of God? Did they realize what that was going to take them to and that they would become martyrs? Or the disciples with Jesus, he had done so many miracles and was riding in the boat asleep and a huge storm came up and they were freaking out thinking if they really knew he was the Son of God, would they have been that worried? I don't know. But we can be clueless. But cluelessness can take many forms. It can take many forms. One I can think of is, is identity theft. You know That when we are spiritually clueless, that we can forget who we are and whose we are. It should make a difference. It should make an impact in our lives. We can begin to chase after so many other things and not realize that we are children of the Most High God. We sang some incredible truths about Him today, that that, knowing that He has chosen us, that should make an impact, but we can oftentimes lose our identity, or we can have ADD. I am an adult that suffers from attention deficit disorder. Uh, But what about spiritual attention deficit disorder? When we get distracted and we chase after so many different things that, un, that are not fulfilling, they won't fulfill us. Or, the last one I kind of want to talk about is if we struggle with misinterpretating. And I know I did not, that is not a word, it's a Bob word, misinterpretating, but nothing like saying misinterpretation wrong. I like that, misinterpretating. It, it I bet you it would be in the Redneck Bible, I mean the Redneck Dictionary. <laughs> Maybe the Redneck Bible too, if there is one. But we don't properly identify or understand what's going on in our lives. You know, Lee's been doing an incredible job as God's given him the wisdom to show us biblical examples of what it means to live in the fear, the awe of God. And he will get to the point where he will break down what is actually the fear of the Lord. What is that? How does that look like in our lives? And that's one of the aspects I want to talk about is that, that we sometimes, because we're children of God, we misinterpretate what goes on in our lives. And because we don't interpret things correctly or see things correctly, we can get confused or disheartened. You know, as a young dad, I always seem to misinterpretate the situation. I thought, you know, you're supposed to train a child up in the way they should go, right? Teach them what is right, teach them what is true. But what I failed to remember is, is that doesn't mean I always have to be right. And that now, if I could go back and do it again, I would, I would be a, a, provo- a promoter of peace. I would be worried less about being right. And more about living a life of peace and modeling that before my kids, being agents of peace. So what does this have to do with living in the fear of the Lord? I believe this, that if we are living in the fear of the Lord, then our lives should be dramatically affected by that truth. That people around us should be affected by Christ through us. First Peter says it like this, but you are not like that. You are a chosen people, a royal priest a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. Once you had no identity as a people, now you are God's people. Once you received no mercy, but now you have received God's mercy. That is a truth from the Lord, that we are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own possession. Well, if that's true and we believe that, then surely things that happen in our lives are going to work us towards that. Were you born a royal priest? No. No. That's the process of sanctification as God takes us where we are. He, through the blood of Christ, He saves us. And then through the working of His Holy Spirit, through the washing of his word, he begins to mold us into the people that he's called us to. Well, that's going to be done through our situations, through our circumstances, through people that we come in contact with, through the reading of his word, that we are a chosen people, that the God that we sang about is the same God that chose you and the same God that chose me. That should dramatically impact our lives. That He, cho- he chose me on purpose. Now, that's kind of crazy. Right? He chose me on purpose. Why? I don't know. He's God. I should not question why. I should just believe and live in the truth that He has chosen me. But not only that, is we are a royal priesthood. That we literally have priestly duties that others are depending upon. You know, Jason and I have read this passage before. And, and, I, and, I, and I've tried to encourage him. You know what? You're a gas pumping priest. Should impact your prices, I would think, but we won't go there. <laughs> no, I'm joking. But what does that mean? That he is literally a mediator between God and others. And that he needs to be living his life in such a way that God's going to be bringing people To him that God wants to minister to. People that maybe I or others won't be able to have an opportunity to. That we are a royal priest. And God is we're not born that way. But God's going to begin to make us that way. And is in the process of making us that way. And so what does he do? He uses situations and circumstances that we're in. But we don't always connect that with him. A holy nation. God's own possession. That one really sticks out to me too. If if we're God's possession, what does that mean? We're owned by God. Okay? Now, I can go over to Corey's house, open up his garage, grab that sweet looking little Corvette, and take it for a ride, right? Yeah. Corey's like, I don't think so. Suzanne, have you ever driven it? No. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I dare say Bob's not gonna have a chance of that. Why? That's not my possession. That's Cory's possession, and he's, he says what happens with it and what goes with it. We are God's possession, and he should call the shot. So how can we allow God to, to create us, to be the people we need to be to live in the fear of Him? <coughs> Excuse me. Well, for one, is, is we go through the process of refining. We go through the process of discipline and refining, God taking us and making us into who he desires for us to be. See, he says that in John 15, he is the true grapevine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. See, God does the work. All we have to do is just abide in him. Verse 4, remain in me and I'll remain in you, for a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. So, what does that have to do with, with living in fear of the Lord is, is we need to connect what goes on in our daily lives in our devotional life, in our work life, our church life, our family lives, and connect that with God's activity of making us more like Him. Why? Because He is the refiner. We see that in Hebrews chapter 12. He does it through discipline. It says, you know, hey, don't make light of the Lord's discipline. Just like earthly fathers discipline their kids, don't let them run amok, you know, and we don't always like it all the time, But God's going to discipline us. He's going to make us more like Him. 1 Peter also calls it a refining. 1 Peter 1, verse 6. So be truly glad there is a wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure trials for a little while. These trials will show your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold through your faith, though your faith is more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials... It will, bring you much, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. See, he will take us through trials. He will take us through discipline. Why? To make us more like him. So in what areas will he do that? First, I think in our daily living. That in our daily living, he will take us through a refining, a testing, a purification type process. Romans 12 says that we should be living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is truly the way that we worship him. See, God will orchestrate our daily situations to make us more like him. He will give opportunities for us to bear the fruit of his spirit. Patience. Now, let me ask you, has anybody ever had the opportunity to bear patience in something that was comfortable love joy and you know what love is I think love is being to saying to being to a someone exactly what they need at the moment that they need it okay now I've had a lot in almost 30 years of marriage I've had a lot of opportunities to love my wife and you know when she needs it the most is when it's the hardest to do but because why because believe it or not she can sometimes be a little bit. Unloving. She's not here, okay? She's visiting her mama. So I can say that. You know what I'm saying? Just like I can. Just like I can. And we'll move on. You know, just like I can. But God, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. So many of those we don't manifest on. We, none of those we manifest on our own. But God's going to orchestrate situations in our daily living that's going to show us whether we're bearing that or not. Hey, you want to have patience? Stop at the light on one of those lights on Dawson Street. Y'all know which ones I'm talking about? You know, you know or get behind somebody that's that's on their cell phone and not driving. You know, hey, that'll point out whether you have patience or not, real quick. What about somebody that's difficult to work with, or a situation that you don't understand, a trouble, a trial that you're going through, maybe an illness or something like that, or an illness of a loved one? You know, some of these parents are about to experience for the very first time a death in their family when their child graduates from high school and goes off to college. It's a death. In some ways, it's a death. That relationship is no longer what it has always been. You know, are you going to have peace? Are you going to have patience? Are you going to have joy through all of that? See, our actions and our, reveal our commitments to others. It reveals our commitment to God. It reveals the love that we have for God, our desire to please God, and our desire to live impurity before him. Galatians 5 says, so I say, let the spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing your sinful, what your sinful nature craves. But we can also see a refining process in our relationships. You know, 2 Peter 3, 9 says, God's given us everything we need for life and godliness. And so our attitudes and our actions must change when we get around other people. You will want for them more than for yourself. You know, so often we have relationships based upon what they do for us. But yet, as Christ refines you and you become more like Him, you'll begin to see that He's putting you in the lives of others for their benefit. For, for their spiritual growth. He's, and it's seen in Matthew 20, verse 25. But Jesus called them together and said, You know the, that the rulers of this world lord it over their people, and the officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. Whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. For even the Son of Man, cannot be ser- can, Son of Man came not to be served, but to what? serve others, and to give his life as a ransom for many. So in the situations that we come in where we have an opportunity to die to self, to serve others, it'll change the way that we look at relationships with other people. God, are you bring, you're bringing people into my life so that you can positively affect them, so you can encourage them and to help them in their walk with the Lord or come into a relationship with the Lord, that it changes the way that we pursue people. And you know, listen, when you know that you're really trying, that God's wanting to use you in that relationship, it really changes how you interact, doesn't it? I mean, very seldom if you really believe that God wants to use you in a relationship, are you going to act your backside? Right? You're going to maybe say a little bit less, Give a little bit more grace even though they don't deserve it. Why? Because the fruit of the Spirit is love. And love is giving them love even though they don't deserve the love. Do you deserve the love of God? Do any of us in this room deserve the love that God has given us that we've sang about today? Absolutely none of us. We all fall terribly short. But yet God gave it to us extravagantly. And to the measure he's given to us, he wants us what? To give it to other people. We should some some and you know, not only that is maybe some distancing in some relationships will have to happen. That there are relationships that you have that are not healthy relationships. You know, that's why I don't have some a lot of y'all have asked, you know, why aren't you on Facebook? You know? Because truthfully, Facebook to me has always been to connect with people from your growing up, right? But I'm not that person. I'm not. I was 25 when 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 I gave my life to Christ. Okay, all of those people back then. That's I'm not that person. I could put. I might look like that, an older version of that person, but I'm not that person. I'm totally different than the person that they knew. And so I really don't care to relive that. I really don't care. So there might be some distancing. Your lifestyle choices will begin to be harder for people to take. Because you're not doing the things that the world says you ought to do. We also will see our family relationships be refined. You know, God said through in, in Malachi that the prophet Elijah would speak such bold truths that the preaching would turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. Why? Because that's the heart of God, to see families brought together. He will deepen our love relationships for our parents or our children or even our siblings. That he will bring an ability to relate to them in ways that we've never had before. You know, my children are adults now. And, and I love the conversations that I'm able to have with my daughter. I talk to her every day. You know, I can always tell when Keith's not around because I, I, I'm like, she FaceTimed. Anybody FaceTime? We live in the same community. And I, be, I guarantee you yesterday, she FaceTimed me six or seven times. To look at the baby and to goo-goo at the baby and all that. But we talk. And because of our relationship with Christ, we go straight to the scriptures. And so we can speak hard truths maybe into each other's lives to encourage us and to help us stay straight in the word. Your family will begin to see Christ in you and he brings an even greater wholeness to you. And you know, this is the one area that I think is the hardest. Because we want to be ourselves at home, right? i got to be myself. Well nope not if it doesn't honor god you know and how can we really love other people if we even struggle to love our own family you know kids you get a mom and a dad that's all you get i got a mom and a dad my dad's gone miss him every day think about him every day i don't get any more now god blessed me with a mother-in-law and a father-in-law you know that i but only get one set of them you know, parents, your kids are your kids. You're not going to get any more. They're not perfect. They make mistakes, but they're your kids. And we would, should be seeing God drawing our hearts to each other. Man, I'm telling you, if when you look at your family, you guys struggle to really love each other, man, that's the first place that God's going to do some refining. we've got to begin to realize that if we're royal priests, God's going to bring us through a refining process till we actually become that. Not only that, we'll see our church, God refining our church. I love, the, I love Pentecost. Holy Spirit manifested in the lives of the, of the disciples. They went out and began to share all that God had done. And listen to what happened. Three, over 3,000 came to know the Lord. And then Acts chapter 2, here's what this first church began to do. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything that they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in the homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. You see, we'll begin to see things from a biblical perspective our conversations and how do we deal with people. I love it. It says they were devoted themselves, what, to the word and to the fellowship. They shared everything that they had: Kind words, material possessions, thoughtsfulness for one another, and they worshiped together. See, your commitment to God will begin to affect your church family. And if we believe that we are a royal priest, that we are a royal priesthood, that we should begin to see situations that we face at church are to make us more like him. Not to divide us. But to bring us closer together, so when we face challenges, or when we have committee meetings, or we face a budget, or we begin to see our, us not meeting our financially our obligations towards the budget, we can begin to yin yang and all that, and and fight about carpet color or whatever. But we need to realize that all of these things that God places us in these maybe difficult situations, or or or. Uh, grand task that he's calling us to that it should be to bring us closer together and closer to him so god maybe he's placing you in an area where it is uncomfortable for you but he's refining you making you more like him to show himself mighty why because he wants you to be the instrument that he can bear his fruit of the spirit in love joy peace patience kindness he will lead you through those, He will give you areas for ministry and usefulness, and it becomes like a fire that can spread uncontrollably. See, part of living in the fear of the Lord is submitting to the refining process that God wants us to take us through. You know They say, if you want to follow Christ, you want to follow Christ more completely, don't ever get married. Why? Because then you don't have to have someone that you have to be worried about. You can, you know, Ben's brother, he is not married. He doesn't know where he's going to be tomorrow. Why? He's going to go where the Lord leads him. I think he's in Korea or Asia someplace. And, and when God leads him from there, maybe he's going to take him to India. He has, a, and Ben and I talked about this. He goes, it blows my mind. I have all these responsibilities. But he has none except for following the Lord. He can follow the Lord more completely. But you want to become like Christ? Get married. (coughs) Why? Because, man, I'm going to tell you what, living with someone will be like sandpaper. And God will use that to rub every rough spot that he has on you, that you have, to become more like him. We need to realize that the situations that he's placed us in is to make us more like him. You know, those of you that are about to graduate, man, he has put you in an incubator where it is totally safe to grow and nurture your relationship with the Lord. Man, I would tell you what, you have a whole church that generously gives financially and spiritually to y'all and has invested in your lives. You have a great place to worship. You have many opportunities. All that has been to help you become who you are today, to become a child of Christ. And then now he's going to take you out of that and put you in a situation that he's going to give you an opportunity to show yourself what you really learned. What you really learned. And give you an opportunity to be an ambassador for Christ, appealing to those that are not reconciled to him. There's a better way. We sang about that. There's a better way. You are correct. God takes away pain. Does he not? I mean, the fact that God can use that person to sing that song is truth. He can take difficult situations. There's a better way, and God wants to use us to bring them to him. Maybe you can say, I'm not quite there yet. Can you recognize God's activity in these areas of your life? Can you see God refining you? Are you acknowledging that? Don't give give it to the devil. Just because you might be in a difficult place, if God's God, he's Lord of all, he's in control. He's allowing it to happen, right? And Romans 8 says he's going to work it out for your good. Correct? Correct? That there's nothing that he cannot do. But maybe you're not there yet. Maybe you're like Gideon. And you don't think that God's working but I love the story Gideon's threshing you know they're getting their tails kicked by the Midianites they're oppressed he is the least of the least of the least in his eyes right he's from the smallest clan the least clan he's the least in his clan and he's in there threshing the floor And, and do you know what the Lord said to him Mighty hero, mighty warrior. Was he a mighty warrior when the Lord said that to him? Absolutely not. He was speaking truth into his life. Maybe you're not a royal priest right now, but you can be through Christ. It starts with the relationship. And then once you have that relationship, it begins to spiritually be included in that God's going to bring everything and use everything for your spiritual good. If you trust Him, if you see it, and man, I'll tell you, once we clue in and realize that those difficult situations or those, what it, or those opportunities that we face are opportunities for God to make us more like Him, then we'll be, He'll begin to show that to others. Because what He says, when He is lifted up, He draws all people unto Himself. Man, let's live in the fear of the Lord. Let's Let's take what the truths that he's teaching us and see practical application in our lives. Can Can you maybe see that now? Wow, that makes sense, the situation that I am. Now I know God's using this to make me more like him. God's using this to bring glory and honor to his name and to share his love with other people. Let's pray together. Father, as Brian comes and, and leads us, we have an opportunity to respond to you. Father, you work all things out for the good. You have chosen us whither we have a relationship with you or not every person that can hear my voice you chose them to be here today you have a message for them father you desire for us to live in relationship with you we can't if we're still living in sin maybe our decision today is to turn from that sinful living And to enter into a relationship with you. God, maybe some in this room have been living spiritually clueless. That they love you, but they cannot begin to put the pieces together of seeing your activity in their lives. That maybe they're giving the devil credit for situations that they're going through, and they're missing out that you're trying to make them more like you. And Father, that there are some things that you have pinpointed in their lives that they need to forsake, allow you to take away in order to be the priest that you've called them to be. Father, you desire for your people to be a holy nation, a people set apart for you, But so often, Father, we're distracted and we're, we're, missing, we're missing it. And the world is going where it's going because your people are not living the better way in front of them. God, wherever we are, whatever decision you, you are leading us to make, God, I pray that we would have the strength and the courage to do it as we stand and as we sing. For your honor and for your glory. Amen.